today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, by popular demand, we are giving you more of the New England talent that you may not know, but should. It's New England's Hidden Gems Part 2, and joining us with his own perspective on the scene is old buddy, old pal, Brian Fury. This guy's had more comebacks in the WPAN than he's had in wrestling at this point. I think so. Let's make it, what is this, number 27? It's got to be at this point. Well, we'll have Brian here, plus your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 133, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. Now, he is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is... The man in the mirror, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. No longer a hidden gem myself, Mike. No, you are not. You're <laughs> out there, and you're loving every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, you're not the man in the mirror. There's a little guy <laughs> yes. who's definitely the man in the mirror. He's a, a big hit everywhere he went, wasn't he? He was, yeah, yeah. Dressing as Michael Jackson, had the full... My, my son, Michael. Yes. Named after Mike Crockett. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, dressed as Michael Jackson. Lots of Michaels. Right. And uh, he's obsessed with Michael Jackson, so that's what he wanted to be. He picked out his own costume. wasn't like we, we forced him to. He uh, He's completely obsessed. We, it started with, we just, I showed him, I think I showed him like the Thriller video, and he just really liked it. Yeah. And now he just watches all sorts of Michael Jackson videos all the time. This morning, he demanded we put on, I put on Billie Jean. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing it took me a second to get the, but i saw the the red leather with the the black stripe and, and i figured it all out he's a gem he's a gem himself <laughs> he, he is uh no no doubt will be in the wrestling business uh some point in his life i'm sure he's two years old and i already know this hopefully not doing a michael jackson game that's already been done <laughs> yes, multiple times uh so yes joining us here as well as uh brian malonis is the call him he's a hall of famer he's a hall of famer <laughs> he is the uh permanent guest host to the wrestling podcast about nothing he is the firebrand he is the newlywed brian fury hello hello how you feeling hello wolfman mike crockett thank you so much you really get into your role by the way it looked like you were assaulting your wife in one of the pictures <laughs> that picture of you eating the hot dog was very uh suggestive rough. <laughs> well yeah i dressed up as a wolf man and my son was dracula and my wife was his mummy very nice, it was this, a nice guy, day. This, this guy here now family affair Fury, brian fury this guy here who you would bury anything that anybody did that was like couple related or if somebody <laughs> was busy with family or a spouse or a significant other just would bury it Absolutely bury it, and now he does family costumes each and every year. He does more family-oriented things than anybody I know. Thank you. I think he's making up for lost time. Yeah, and then the he thing. gets offended when you give him shit about it, but he spent so many years burying the rest of us. Get ready for it. I'll say two years, 
Disney World trips for this man. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Two years. And he's going to be loving it. Yeah, you're going to wait till the little guy's big enough to be able to toddle around a little. Well, we had to wait to start so you guys could talk all the Disney stuff because you just came back from Disneyland. Disneyland, yes. Brian Fury. The original. And our buddy here... Big man Brian Malonis, he is going to Disney World. Yeah, you might you might have to dust off the co-host uh, <laughs> shoes again here in a couple of weeks, Brian. Not Fury. a problem, not a problem. <laughs> Glad to fill in when I can. So how you feeling? You're a newlywed. I feel great. I like feel a million re- bucks? Yeah, I feel really good. It's uh, it was a long time coming. The stress of all the planning and you know the bills that come in because of weddings and all that Ugh. stuff is 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 gone. And uh, just had the week away for the honeymoon, and things are great. You know, it's kind of just back to normal and. Getting ready for a busy season at my uh, shoot job, and then after that, it'll be smooth sailing. Hey, Brian, you know the quickest way to turn a woman off? Marry her. Huh? <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs> hey. You didn't tell any tales out of school there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Chaotic Wrestling. Yes. You didn't even show up to the last show. What happened? I, I'm playing the role of the owner that is... Uh, Owning from afar. <laughs> Playing the role of Jamie Jamikowski, <laughs> Brian Fury. Yes, I was I was away on the honeymoon. The honeymoon was planned far in advance, and, and um, it just so happened that I was not at the show, unfortunately. So who do you get to run your locker room in this case? I got, I got some people. You got people? I got some people. <laughs> Yo, he's got people. It's, it's <laughs> again, very similar to like when Jamie was running the show. Essentially, it runs itself at this point for the most part. You know, uh, a lot of the stuff that I have to do prior to is, is all the important stuff and that was all set up ready to go and, and good and then I trust my crew and this crew of students everybody else to be able to keep things running and, and you know my associates help take care of everything so chaotic wrestling's going well very well very good we're coming up on one of our biggest shows of the year breaking point that is what is that it is November 16th in Haverhill Haverhill Mass Haverhill High School couple big matches so far JT Dunn versus Christian Casanova in a TLC match that's tables Ladders and chains. Hey, I got to talk oh, to you about wait. this Christian Casanova stuff here. Uh, yeah, I think there's some video evidence that you guys need to review and take some action against this guy. I'm just saying. I do need to review the video from last show because I have not seen <laughs> it. <yet. laughs> there was, yeah, there was a there was a chair shot that grazed my stomach. Oh, <laughs> oh. painful! <laughs> hey, he tried to sabu me with. <laughs> oh, really? And. Uh, the school, the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. We are actually here in your office yes. at the uh, NEPWA, if you will. If you hear some loud bangs in the background, that's yeah, some you of might the students, hear that. Uh, taking sh- some bumps. There's a shirtless Brian Malonis on the wall. There Ooh, it is. It is <laughs> <laughs> shirtless Brian Malonis and shirtless Max Bar. The only two people that had to take their shirts off that day. Yep. Fuck you, Dean Malenko. <laughs> we talked about that story, right? Yes, we did. We certainly did. And um, things are good here. Big, huge crop of new students right now. Really, there's, there's a whole bunch here. And it's great. This, these students right now are picking everything up pretty quickly, not having to repeat things a hundred times like like some of the groups have had in the past. And I'm very, very happy with this group. And hopefully they all stick around and kind of move on. So the old guys suck. These ones are good. I wouldn't say they suck, oh. but a lot of people fell off the wayside. I mean, you guys have both been around wrestling long enough to see how many people show up to wrestling school, are there for a couple months, a couple weeks, a couple days, and then just kind of disappear. And there seemed to have been a lot of that um, over the past six, seven months or so. And I think this group we have right now that all started within the past month or two have show a lot of potential and, and a lot of 
poise and everything they've been learning and stuff so far. So I'm very excited for what they have to offer going forward. You know, my favorite ones of those is they come and sign up for a little. They come to school for a little bit. They disappear for three months. Then they randomly show up at a show, not school. They randomly show up at a show and they're telling anybody who will listen their tale of why they hit some hardship and why they can't come to <laughs> class. But they're back, baby. They're coming back. They're going to be back, blah, blah, blah. We'll be back on Tuesday, full bore, ready to go. And then you never see them again. And the pattern repeats like six months later when oh, they come yeah. to a show again. Yeah, it happens all the time. All the time. I thought you were going to say they bring their gear, hoping to get it on the uh, card. <laughs> <laughs> no, just weaving their bullshit tale of garbage. Oh. Like, woe is me, why I couldn't do this and do that and whatever else. Oh, yeah, stuff happens all the time. Oh, my goodness. Well, school's going good. The promotion's going good. Life is going good. Life is well, yes. That's pretty amazing. And uh, Brian Malonis, what else is going on in your life? I'm a big-time uh, international wrestling television star these days, Mike. I don't yeah, know when's if your next aware. match going to be on? Um, I don't know. And, and perhaps promos, vignettes, stuff like that. Coming up next couple of weeks. I don't know the exact air date. Brian Malonis is so big time yes. that he had to skip my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently so, huh? He was forced to do some tapings and whatnot, so he had to skip my big day. <laughs> Retribution, that's what I say it is. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, I didn't invite him to mine, and I wouldn't be caught dead at his. <laughs> <laughs> double screw you to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I, was, I was bummed. I saw pictures, and uh, I was getting updates from uh, you know, my wife attended, and I was getting updates from her, and I was, I was, I was really bummed out. Uh, I think it was a good time. Hopefully, if you were there, you would have been able to get some of the dessert because oh. Anson ate all of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> NXT Zone, Warbeat Hanson. I made the, the <laughs> extreme mistake of not getting to the desserts before Hanson, uh, Diajack, all the NXT guys. So, yeah, it must have been cheat day. It was definitely cheat day. <laughs> was Max there? It's, it's your <laughs> cheat day? Oh, it's your cheat day? No, it's your cheat day, too. Yeah. So, so typically etiquette at a wedding is is you give a gift like that covers... What, what like your your cost to attend the wedding was to the couple <laughs> and, a, and, a little, and a little more, but that's that's typical etiquette. Yeah. So for somebody like Hanson, is it like he's got to pay like for what it costs like four people to attend <laughs> the wedding? <laughs> well, he pays he pays with the gift and then gets it all back in food. <laughs> did he did he have did he have the fork and the grip on the fork? What's uh, what's uh, I, I think he's using his hands at this point. <laughs> I had to tell him. <laughs> Before I went upstairs to go to the, the meal and stuff, I had the pleasure of sitting with him at Vinnie Marcellio's wedding. Mm -hmm. And before the end of the night, <laughs> Todd had every fork from the table, and I think every spoon from the table, <laughs> stowed away in his bag to take home. <laughs> I said, do not take any silverware from this place. <laughs> <laughs> anybody that knows old Todd, lady hansen anybody that knows todd knows that's the todd of old <laughs> homeless oh. hansen oh can i ask you how many cupcakes you bought it's a funny story we talked to our baker and she said oh you have i think it was like 180 guests planned to come mm. not everyone's gonna have a cupcake blah 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 blah. you should get like 75 because <laughs> we had because we had cupcakes and then we had Whoopie pies, and we had chocolate-covered strawberries, and a bunch of random desserts, a whole bunch of stuff, because we didn't have like a... That's like the way to go. I think a lot of people do that now. Yeah. That's like an in vogue thing. And I said, no, instead of that, let's get... I think we got like 110 
plus we I upped the number of whoopie pies, I upped the number of whatever, and then you were the first person to tell me like the desserts were like completely gone. Clean, wiped clean. Like and you didn't get any and I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like I felt bad but at the same time You, you wait a hold on. Can I stop the story here for one second? You went up to this man. <laughs> on his on his, we- on his wedding day, and complained you didn't get a fucking cupcake. Me and Nikki sitting at the <laughs> sit, sitting at the sweetheart table. Crockett comes right up, stomps his feet in front of us. Well, the, the middle of the best man's speech is like, "Oh, one moment, please. <laughs> May I interrupt?" I mean, you're wearing same size shirt as me these days, <laughs> and you're giving Fury crap at his wedding about not getting a fucking cupcake. It was a, a casual comment tossed in as Brian was making his rounds. It's very George Costanza like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lovely. Uh, event. The whole thing was fantastic, and uh, I was happy to be there, Brian. Brian Malonis. I was very sorry I missed it, but I mean, I, I called I called him on the phone, and we had a nice conversation. And I knew, I knew, I knew, you know, like I think if this were like just some random person in my life that doesn't know the wrestling business, or, or, or especially I think because of our shared experience of just getting the door slammed in our face for, for years and years and years. So to explain to him what was going on, I knew he would understand. Totally understood, and like. Being in the position of knowing what it's like to be on the other end, my brother didn't even come to the wedding because he had bookings for his announcing stuff that he does for demolition derbies and race cars and whatever else like out in the Midwest, and so he couldn't make it, and he felt bad, and I was like, listen, like I, I get it, I've been there, I've skipped weddings and funerals and a bunch of other stuff like when I was like busy, so it, it, totally understandable. All right. Well, I did, I did. I did go to a place called Pickles with with Bobby Cruz that night. Oh. <laughs> so after we were done, after we were done doing uh, all of our pre tape stuff. So Wait, is it a strip club? No, no, it's a sports bar. <laughs> what kind of strip club would be called Pickles? I'm, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's a sports bar right across the street. The Blue Oh my God! So. This, what a weird coincidence this is. Uh, pre-tapes on that Saturday of Fury's wedding, that was the running joke all day. We were talking about the club from Police Academy and the Police oh, Academy. Really? <laughs> yep, that was the subject that we talked about for a good portion of the afternoon. Then you went to Pickles. Then we did, yeah, Todd refused to go. <laughs> yes, we did, we did. Bobby no. Cruz liked the food. The atmosphere, though, a little lacking. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's why he likes. Huh. That's why he likes Buffalo Wild Wings. Right? Loves the atmosphere. He does. He loves the, food the atmosphere. Food is terrible there, but I love the atmosphere too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you love the atmosphere at BrianMalonis.com? Who doesn't? Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, everybody does. Everybody should There's go some buy t- some stuff. Cheap pricks. There's some T-shirts there, right? There is. Why don't you tell them about it, Mike? <laughs> well, the hey, it's not working with me telling them about it. Oh, the Mega Malonis shirt. You said it was flying off the shelves at Chaotic Wrestling's last yeah, show? Yeah, I, uh, I cleaned up uh, at there the merch go. table, Brian Fury. There you go. Good. It was a good night. And then you have the Mastodon Malonis design. You have yeah. the old school Kingpin design, and of course. Three of, of course. those four shirts designed by Mike Crockett. Yes. The centerpiece, of course, is the Curtain Jerker WPA on t-shirt. How long did it take you to get those three designs from Michael Crockett? <laughs> well, you, you <laughs> Over know, the course of like four years? No. Well, you know... The curtain jerker one he had pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wonder why. <laughs> the original Kingpin one was was fairly quick, but we worked together at the time at the you Dildo could, Factory. You could, you could hound yeah. him every day. <laughs> the Mega Malonis was a little bit of time. Yeah. It was a little and bit I of time. And I still owe you the eight by tens. You so. do, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so go to BrianMalonis.com. Yeah, you haven't used the mix yet either. Well, I dusted it off the other day. So. You, can I at least get it back? <laughs> no. We'll, if you're we're, never gonna use it. We're working on it. We're working on Are it. Are you you record I hate this guy. <laughs> Maybe I'll put a picture of it on the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. Your son's probably 
puking and shitting all over it now. <laughs> well, you have the doo doo feces on it. <laughs> no, 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 no. And there's no doo doo feces on the website either because you can get the episodes. All the episodes are listed there. You can find ways to subscribe on all the usual podcast platforms. Well, Brian Fury wants to see nudes. He does. Oh, I've seen nudes. Whoa. All right. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. No, you keep those to yourself. I, I have no. I have no doubt. Michael Crockett has sent you unsolicited news. <laughs> <laughs> so go to the wpan.com and see uh, everything but the uh, buff. <laughs> All right, putting over podcasts. That is the Facebook group. Just put in the search bar, putting over podcasts. We're talking about all wrestling podcasts there. So go over there, join, and uh, talk podcasts with all the people. So. Two weeks ago here on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we talked about New England Wrestling's, New England Independent Wrestling's hidden gems, Brian Malonis. And, I mean, we filled our time quite well, but there were just so many that we talked about that we didn't even get to talking about people today. I know, we even talked about the two of you guys. I, I know. Thank you very much for that, by the way. I, I listened, I got all caught up on my podcast this week, and uh, it was very nice of you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, yeah. Well, I expect my check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I mean, we I think Proc was a little mad at me because I because I beat him to the punch with you. I thought you I thought he was gonna kick off with you. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> so there's still guys we can talk about from the past, and like I said, and guys from today. Yeah, I, I thought of. I mean, it's funny. It was it was really on the drive here today that I thought about the fact that we didn't we didn't bring up any managers. Like right, and there's a couple of guys I can think of right at the top of my head. One guy who managed. Both of us, Brian Fury. Yep. Sean Gorman. Yes, the manager of champions, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. If you want to go into it, Brian. No, I mean, Sean was awesome. Uh, he was. He call, was, called him Sean. It's weird. Like it's either Sean Gorman or Gorman. <laughs> no, no one calls him Sean. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> he is Gorman. Um, he was such a heel character, and so like. He was the person when I first turned heel. The reason they put me with him was so that I would immediately start gaining heat. Right. Um, as my first heel turn ever. And then him and I just kind of worked really, really well together. He knew when to be loud. He knew when to be quiet. He knew how to cut those promos. He knew how to get the opponents over. He he was a heat magnet. He was really, really awesome and really helped me shape myself as a heel when I first turned heel and I know he worked with you a lot and I worked against him a lot too later on in my career like he was he was awesome yeah I mean I, the, I think my most I mean he managed me for a short spell but I think the most memorable thing I had with him was actually kind of the feud I had with him where it ended up with me and Hanson doing the career versus control match and and did that main event the show I think so oh, it should have yeah thank god <laughs> thank god it did <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it was a whole. It was a whole thing back in the day. That, that wasn't over that one. It oh, was, okay. It was over it Brian was Fury's over me, match. Me and and Warbeard for yeah. for for control the, company. the entire company. Yeah, and him and Burke. Yeah, me and Burke the heavyweight title. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I was mixing my uh, metaphors there. Yeah. Yeah, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know your ass from your elbow. <laughs> well, yeah. trying to rile us up, and you just look like a fool. I, well, it happens <laughs> occasionally on this podcast. But yeah, Sean Gorman, as you mentioned, Brian Fury, anyone that, I'll say we because I had input here and there, that we were nervous about if they could be a heel, like obviously the Logan brothers from Lowell, Massachusetts, our main arena, if you can call it an arena, was in Lowell. So to turn those guys heel, I mean... I was nervous, so the one chip that we had 
that would guarantee that these guys would get heat in their hometown after being like the biggest baby faces in Lowell is Sean Gorman. Put them with Gorman. That, that was like the go-to if you were worried about if a heel turn was going to work. Put them with Gorman. Yeah, on the complete flip side, too, when I turned, I was heel for forever and chaotic, and when I turned babyface, we all kind of talked about inside the only ones I could turn babyface against was Gorman and Fury yep. because, of, because of the heat that, that they were getting, and it was like we felt like that it was the one co- well, co- combo of guys, but the that combination was the only ones I could actually turn get the crowd to turn me that's when i hit you with a can of pringles (laughs) at the pav yes (laughs) um gorman and i we one of gorman and i's favorite slash proudest moments was in hudson massachusetts he said something to some girl in the crowd Mm -hmm. and she was like crying and like left and then called the hudson elks and complained about us and actually got Jamie on the phone and talked to Jamie about it, complaining about how he was a jerk and blah, 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 blah. Was called that night? Yes. <laughs> while the show was still like going on, or like right after the show. Like it was, it was like a big thing. And Jamie was like all like happy and proud and came and told us about it. Like Gorman was so pumped about it. <laughs> and Gorman's like, yeah, he's like an old school kind of mentality where he wasn't, I, I remember a big thing was, one time on the booking sheet, you know, at intermission, you'd send one guy out to do Polaroids in the ring with people. And one time it was, you know, Scott Reed and Sean Gorman. And he's like, no, I'm not going out there. <laughs> I don't want to sign autographs. I don't want to take pictures with these people. And he, he was a guy that would, yeah, he'd refuse as a heel. He'd refuse to glad hand with the fans. 100%. Never accepted any fans or anything like that, any of his social media, any anything along those lines. He was never... Never nice to anybody. Kind of always stayed in character. Uh, Wait, are we talking backstage or are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was good. He's it, it a hell of an author. His book, his first book, I haven't read a second book. His first book about the wrestling business and about his career and stuff is is very, very enjoyable. I have it over there. I see you looking, Michael. It's called... Until We're Strangers Again, I believe. Yes, Until We're Strangers Again, a memoir by Sean Gorman. I think it's available on Amazon and your favorite uh, outlets. I never read it. Does he talk about me in the book? Am I mentioned? I'm, I'm, I'm sure. You are, you are in there some, yeah. All right. That <laughs> fucking bastard, Brian Malonis. I think it's <laughs> the good context. Maybe. I, I don't know. All right, Brian Fury. Yes. Name your first WFA guy. Yeah, that's, well, see, I, I was literally going to say, here comes a WFA jamoke. I have two written down here and then one with an asterisk. The first one that I'm going to say, 100% hidden gem, or Uncovered Gem, or somebody that didn't really live up to what he should have, uh, Brandon Locke. I okay. think Brandon Locke had everything that it took to be a star in this business and could work his ass off, looked great, could you know cut okay promos. He was solid in the ring, could work with anybody. It was just a time and place in the business where he, it just didn't really happen and work out for him and i know you guys both know brandon log really well yeah it's the same story like the same song all over again where all these guys most of these guys we're talking about are just born at the wrong time they <laughs> come to prominence in the wrong era and you know if brandon Locke had started a year or two ago 
he'd be getting looks and going all sorts of places. Hey, we're talking about a guy on Brandon Locke, too, still young enough where if he wanted to come back and, and make a go of it, like he absolutely could. I mean, what's, is Brandon even 30 yet? Yeah, me? I think he's like right at 30 maybe or yeah. like right around there because he started when he was young. He originally trained, started training when he was like 14 or 15, and he was... With Steve Bradley, right? Yeah, well, he, he actually first trained with Bob for, oh, okay. for a little while when Bob was had a school way up in that national area. Yeah, Bob Evans. And then when Bob left there and then when Steve opened up, he went over to Steve's and started training with Steve and yeah, and he was there for forever. Like he was one of the guys that stayed there to the end and came to Chaotic like way later than the rest of us did. You know, a lot of stuff at NECW, some very memorable matches with Hanson and, and Max and myself and a bunch of other people and a lot of stuff in Chaotic. Like he was he was a worker's worker. He was kind of old school and and just he was awesome he, he was solid as hell yeah when i when i was booking chaotic there for a stretch him he, he was with adam barisano but uh but i, I he, brandon was one of my favorite guys to to book and to I, I really wanted to push him i think i think i left the new england title on him for like a year or so something around there like yeah just fantastic just yeah really good really good one there brian fury absolutely great to deal with backstage as well easy like yeah. just whatever yeah whatever you need whatever you want us to do whatever you want me to do he'd give input but you know ultimately just did his job yeah and like you said great size great look and solid as hell but uh yes, he was always uh i mean in the past probably five or six years always going to wwe tv and doing random things here and there i remember he was like uh, a trainer like he came out to the ring and helped one of the wrestlers who was hurt outside the ring that got bumped yeah he was yeah, always he doing was security a, all i think things. he was in one of um del rio's mexican things i think he, he, might, uh, he, yeah, he, I think he was like a, like a yeah. waiter or something yeah. right yeah so he was, yeah, he was always around, just never... Uh, There's an old picture floating around, I remember, I think it was on MySpace, uh, him, Mike Bennett, and Matt Taven all did like a six-man tag match for like Ring of Honor at one point in time, so he was getting looks there a little bit, and just kind of didn't really happen for him. Like, That's a good one, Brian Fury. Why, thank you. It's too bad. Too bad about Brandon Locke. Uh, I you, know, you got real fucking somber there. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's okay. He's, he's just alive. not he's just not wrestling anymore. <laughs> yeah, <he's>, <laughs> but, but why? Wife, <laughs> wife, kids. You know the deal. <laughs> I, oh, oh, I understand that. Um, <laughs> let me bring one up. Uh, this guy worked in WFA, so I'm uh, with my brother here, Brian Fury. Oh, all right. He also worked for Chaotic. So on your side too, Brian Malonis. Okay. <laughs> and he actually worked for Killer Kowalski's IWF. So he runs the gamut. He, oh. I, he's the guy I first saw in I think I might know where you're going. The early oh, 90s. I think I know too. Is, early he, a, is he a local legend? He is a local legend. All right. <laughs> he is a graduate. Yes. He's uh I a fighting Irishman greater than you. Yes, that was on his <laughs> tights. That was on his tights. Yeah, I mean I first saw Tim McNeeny. Tim McNeeny He's never a guy that he was never a muscle guy. He's I mean he was solid. He was never a, a, a huge muscle guy. He had you know like a a, a roundish face. He's, <laughs> he's a, like a, a jolly he, fellow. Yeah, he's a, a good looking guy, but he was um, he was a bumping machine. When I first saw him, he would have a series of matches with a guy called Bulldozer. First name oh. Bull. 
last name Dozer. He is was that guy like making towns. <laughs> he's making towns. <laughs> he's he's a made up clown. He is making towns. He was like six nine, six eight, six nine, oh, and uh, a big huge guy. And he would just uh, you know pound the shit out of McNeeny. And McNeeny made him look like a million dollars, and he continued to do that when he went to. WWF TV, which he did in the mid 90s. He was all over the place. If you look him up on YouTube, you'll find uh, Tim McNeely. But his, he'll, he'll have uh, many variations on his name. He was Tim McNeary once. I think he was Tim McMeany or Tim McNeamy. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, Tim McNeely, he went on to be a part of the tag team, the local legends in chaotic wrestling with your trainer, Brian Malonis, Dukes Dalton. Yes. And Dukes is a guy, too, that. Uh, we should give a mention too, but he was a NWA World Tag Team Champion, so he I'm not sure that he certainly was at the heights <laughs> of the NWA. <laughs> so I mean, how can he be a hidden gem? He was out there. He was a world champion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, McNeeny, uh, he went to the local legend thing. He actually uh, was a very credible, very good, very entertaining doink. <laughs> he was uh, <laughs> one of the guys in New England that uh, one of the you know a million around the country that played Doink, but he did it extremely well. He had like very similar size to uh, Matt Bourne, and he was he did the whoopee cushion, he did the whole thing, and he was a very good Doink, a very uh, good looking, like unique. And that's the second time he's called McNeeny good looking. <laughs> <laughs> we went we went to college together, me and McNeeny. You and McNeeny? Yeah, uh-huh. we went to UMass Amherst together. Uh, you guys pals. Not really. Okay. So, <laughs> and then, he, of course, he uh, graduated from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst and uh, took his cap and gown. I think literally he took his cap and gown from UMass and started wearing it on shows. And he became the graduate Tim McNeeny. And yep. he was the graduate in WFA where you were, yep. Brian Fury. Oh, yeah. Tim, Tim was awesome. He was one of those guys that was like a local guy that had been around and he was kind of like... He wasn't grizzled, but he's been around, knew his way around the ring, really helped a lot of the younger guys, took a lot of us under his wing, uh, most notably Eddie Edwards up there. He mm. really had a, they had a, a feud together, and that's really kind of what broke Eddie Edwards out of his uh, shell, uh, especially when Eddie Edwards used to wrestle in a t-shirt, and Tim McNeely ripped it in a match and said, never buy another one and never wear another one in a match ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he did wear the sleeveless like black t shirt yep, all the time yep. at the time. <laughs> and McNeely got rid of that. Uh, but you know, he was he was awesome. He was he could work, he could he could tell a story in the ring, he was solid, all of his stuff was credible, and he could tell a story uh, outside of the ring too. He was a great guy, very funny. And listening to a lot of the stories he used to tell about when he used to go to TVs with Walter and different stuff was super entertaining and a lot of fun. And good looking. Uh, <laughs> Brian Malonis. I don't know. Should 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 I? I got, I got one of two ways I want to go here, but I think I think if I choose one, it might morph right into one of Brian Fury. So I think I think that's the direction I'll go. We'll oh. segue here because well, we'll I feel we'll like see. this person might be on his list. I don't know. We'll see. He's somebody who's worked for WFA, right? Somebody who's worked for Chaotic Wrestling. He's somebody who's been to Japan. Okay. Uh, he he's done a lot, but maybe not as much as he should have. And and in this day and age, where the cruiserweights, although I don't know if he's still, I don't know if he could still be considered a cruiserweight these days. Right. Um, <laughs> I know who you're uh, talking about. Yeah. I, I, I think he was the, the the guy like on the cusp of my list, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm talking about Scott Reed. Okay. Um. Just Scott is just I think in the ring just so smooth and just easy and stands out and. I don't think he cut a promo to save his life, but he just has a charisma about him when he's in the ring that you just want to watch him. I, I, I remember being at a TV in Manchester, New Hampshire with him, 
and we are working out in the afternoon, um, and I still want to kill him to this day for it. Um, <laughs> I know the you know, story. We're, yeah. yeah, we're all like, were you there? Were you there that day? I wasn't day, there Brian that Fury? day, nope. I know. I'm pretty sure Hanson was, but Mark Henry approaches him backstage and he says, "Did Shawn Michaels talk to you yet?" And Scott goes, "Like, like Mark Henry sought him out. Right. Shawn Michaels talked to you." And he goes, "No." He's like, "Do not leave this building until you talk to Shawn Michaels. Like, you need to go talk to him. He need he wants to talk to you." It's like, "Don't leave the building until you talk to him." Scott left the building. <laughs> of course he did. He, we, we, I mean, me, I, I, it, might have been, it might not have been handsome. It might have been Max. Um, and we just said, hey, we'll, whatever whatever you want, man. We'll just wait around all night. Like, whatever you need. You know, he's like, no, no, no. Let's just go. Let's just go. And we tried to talk him into waiting around for Sean to talk to Shawn Michaels, and he just wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, do no, it. That sounds like Scott. He was, um, it wasn't until like the very end of his career we kind of became a go getter, and he kind of uh, paired up with Tommaso a lot. And that's how. They they became buddies and that's when they went to like Dragon Gate seminar and a couple other seminars and stuff and that's when he started working a lot of different places and he was on the early Evolve shows and started doing some Dragon Gate stuff and that's where he went to Japan and stuff. Back at that point in time, yeah, I can totally see him not was it something seeking where, something like that out. Was it something he worked out in the afternoon and Sean was seen him? Yeah, Sean, Sean, so we worked out in the afternoon. Sean Michaels and Triple H were sitting at the commentary table the whole time watching while yeah. we were working out in the afternoon, which is absolutely fucking nerve-wracking you know <laughs> as as nerve-wracking as that is already then you get those two guys sitting there um but yeah i mean clearly i mean uh, i'm a yeah i think much like all of us you tend to f- see somebody who who reminds you of you a little bit and you yeah. gravitate towards them and i could see how Shawn michaels might see scott reed and think like wow look at this guy this, i see you know see something but scott just I, one of the most athletically gifted guys i've ever been in the ring with he was he was awesome. So smooth, could do anything. Like you said, bumping machine. Like he was doing shooting star presses way back in the day. You know, once he became a little top heavy, I don't think he was doing that much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew. I know we did a New England championship tournament at one point. The title became vacant, and I know I pushed for for Scott Reed to win the tournament, and he did at the end. I think was it over you, Brian Fury? Yes. Yep. Yeah, the New England tournament. Yeah, that was actually. Biff Busick still tells the story about that was the very first show he attended and joined not too long afterwards. Really? Yeah, it was that show. But yeah, Scott Reed beat me in the finals of the New England tournament. And we had to talk him into doing the Shooting Star Press because he hadn't done it in a while. Right, yep. Yeah. We wanted the finish to be the Shooting Star Press. No, Scott was Scott was good. I was at a TV with him where he did a squash match with Boogeyman and he, had, he gave him the worms. <laughs> yes. Oh, was that in Bridgeport, right? Yes. They had that awesome catering. Great catering up there. You, is that, you, is you that sneak, when you sneak is, upstairs behind the screen? Yeah. Is that when Chase was there and the and the Boogeyman's pyro scared the fuck out of us? Yes. <laughs> like it was the first time that it, Boogeyman ever had pyro. He yeah. never had like the. And it was just like a loud explosion to start. And we were literally sitting right behind the screen, screen. like yep. like. We were up high, the same height as the screen, and it was like right there. Yeah, we could watch the screen like, like yeah. in reverse. Right, okay. And, and just boom, and <laughs> we were all just like almost at heart attack. <laughs> yeah, scared the shit out of us. I remember occasionally you would have like some kind of production guy running around going, fire in the hole, fire in the hole, like right before like Kane's yeah, different uh, pyro <laughs> yeah, would go off. Or you'd see like the, the red the red siren pyro light, light kind of yeah. going go to let you know, but we were upstairs, we didn't, we didn't know. Yeah, the catering was like, it was like in a luxury box type area and the entrance was right in front of it. Okay, so you were <laughs> live to tell the Poop, tale. Pooped our pants a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian Fury, yes. who's the next WFA guy you got? Well, actually, this person actually did work there, but uh, he worked all, all over the place. Um, Frankie Arion. Okay, yeah. I think Frankie Arion was 
a guy that was really, really good. And at the beginning, he didn't necessarily... Well, at the beginning, he liked the Arion name, and in the middle, he didn't like it, and he actually tried to change it for a little while, and then he ended up going back to it because Frankie Arion was just what he was. So we started off uh, when he first got his break in NECW. That's where he got the Frankie Arion name. They made him a fictionalized little brother to Alex Arion, and then that kind of just stuck with him for the rest of his career. But Frankie was really, really good. He was a cruiserweight type guy, but had some had some muscle to him. He could work. He could brawl. He was a ton of fun to work with. Um, trained by Kevin Landry down in you know, Western Mass, uh, same school, like Mikazi and stuff came out of. And he was a joy to work with. He was a great, great guy too. I don't know. You work with him much at all, Malone? I, I never worked. I don't think I ever worked a match with him. I, I mean, I was in locker rooms with him a lot. Actually, I always kind of thought he was a weird guy. Nice guy. No, yeah, he, he's, a weird he's guy. out there. He's <laughs> definitely out there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I remember watching him work, and I always thought he's very smooth, very athletic. Um, like kind of like that dynamite in small packages sort of thing going on. Yeah, was he a blowout boy for a short spell? No, he, he was, was. No, he was something with Tom, right? When Tom was a blowout boy, maybe he was a blowout. He was it, a blowout boy once. Yes, I thought so. He was Frankie A. Yeah, he was Frankie <laughs> A. Like just when it got ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. We just kept getting when watered it, when down got, and watered when down. It got ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, it started ridiculous, but it got stupid by the end <laughs> yes and he also teamed with uh nick westgate we did a tag team a babyface tag team with them with frankie and nick westgate couple of short guys <laughs> couple, a couple of short guys <laughs> but yeah frankie arion two arions on the hidden gems okay all right where are you going next mike come on you're the moderator you're the host of this thing okay here's one that's a little out of left field in a time where there were just wrestlers just guys who were this is me turned up to 11, man. <laughs> Just guys. Talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> that too. But back then in like the uh, mid-2000s, you know, 2004 or 2005, a guy who just went the extra mile to be a character, to be an entertaining character on chaotic wrestling shows, went so far as to walk around 24 hours a day with bright red hair. <laughs> Psycho was the man's wrestling name. He's my buddy Jared, but Psycho was his name, and he was the biggest babyface in chaotic wrestling for a long time, and I know that Tom Pritchard would come to the school and... Psycho, where you is? Yeah. <laughs> we're sicko. We're sicko at. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Dr. Tom loved him because he was... A gimmick, he, he worked the gimmick perfectly. The gimmick was he was, I mean, a little mentally slow, but uh, the way that Jared would play him is he was, he was basically the original Eugene. Let's, <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. He was just, he, he would play him as like a little kid. He was like, a, like a, a six-year-old. Yeah. He was like a six-year-old in an in a adult's body. But Psycho, like I said, was the biggest baby face in Chaotic. Every kid, especially, loved Psycho. And uh, one of the ways, I mean, we talked about Sean Gorman as the only way to turn, be able to turn some people heel. The only way to turn Handsome Johnny heel was to turn him against his tag team partner. Handsome Johnny, of course, being Warbeard Hanson. To really get uh, Warbeard Hanson, Handsome Johnny over as a heel, have him turn on his tag team partner, the most popular guy in chaotic wrestling, Psycho. 
and that's how that heel turn eventually happened. But Jared, he just committed to it. Like I said, wore that hair all day, every day. He put the <laughs> he put it under a bucket hat or whatnot. But when he came to that curtain, he was that guy. He walked into this. We were at the we're at the for, the NEPWA, the former Chaotic Training Center. He walked into this place with that red hair, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. He walked in here the day the day he came in. He had that hair. Oh, I didn't know. I thought I had no yeah, idea. He was living the gimmick before he ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's amazing. Game, but yeah, I think I think I think you're. I mean, he had just had something about him. Um, he he committed to the character, and I think that like when somebody plays a character like that, the ones that suck are the ones that like they only kind of half go, you know, half go there, and they don't fully commit to it. Like he fully committed to it. He just was what he was and he was comfortable doing that ultimately i think the things maybe that held him back was his work a little bit like i think mm-hmm. i think had he been a little bit better worker maybe um and maybe invest in some gear i think tom pritchard tom pritchard loved him the, yeah. dr tom absolutely loved him but i also think dr tom knew he probably especially at that era of pro wrestling couldn't go back to john laurinitis and say right. hey hire this guy another guy who loved him was uh jim kettner from the ECWA, and Jim Kettner, of course, uh, was tied in with WWE as well, and he yeah. would bring him down to Delaware, and he was the the man with red hair, or the guy with red hair. <laughs> That's yeah. who, that was his name. Yeah. The guy with red hair. I'm not even sure he actually ever wrestled. He might have once or twice, but he would just bring him down like seven hours from Massachusetts to Delaware to like... Be walking around the crowd. Be walking around ringside. Distract somebody. <laughs> That's what he did. I'll, n- I'll never forget a six-man tag match. It was Psycho's big thing was like wah wah wah, and you yeah. get the crowd to chant it, which apparently it, it, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it stemmed from. It was, so t- the match was myself and the Valedictorians, Rob Echos, uh, Robbie E, yep. Rob Strauss, whatever he's going by these days. Uh, this guy Billy Bax. And then myself against Psycho, Hurricane John Walters, and Luis Ortiz. And they were all like Howard Stern fans. So they were talking about, I think it was High Pitch Eric or something. Some very nasty video where that's like the sound of him having sex or, so, or something. He it was said, a girl. It's the sound of a girl giving a, uh, a oral like, favor. Like, okay. yes. like gagging. Like, wah, yes. Wah, wah. So, so, Luis <laughs> <laughs> so Ortiz thought it was like the funniest thing like on earth. And psycho was doing it to him in the locker room and then just decided to do it in the match <laughs> and then the crowd starts going and Luis ortiz ortiz takes his character very seriously like no breaks no laughing like takes his character very very seriously and had to bury his face in the turnbuckle because psycho has the entire crowd going wah wah wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> and it became his thing it did <laughs> we talked about ortiz last uh, two weeks ago on episode 131 so make sure you go back and check out uh, part one of new england's <laughs> hidden gems we but still haven't got to anybody current. <laughs> no. Uh, see, I don't know. See, for me, I don't really have many current people down because I looked at current as like... They still have a, sh- hidden, still but, a shot. But there's a possibility. Like, I, I thought about a couple people that are current, but I'm like, I think people are going to break out. I think people are, are going to do more. They have still an opportunity. So for me, it's... Well, there's a couple people on my list that are kind of current, but yeah, for the most part, I have people from back in the day. Yeah, it's a different, day it was a different time back then. There was... Uh, it's a, it's a lot easier. Well, I don't know if it's a lot easier, but it's definitely easier to get buzz around you and to get a shot these days. I think than back then, and that's kind of what we're we've highlighted this entire time. It's just people that if they were around now, I think would have right. done more. So what do you have there, Brian Fury? Give us something—a right. new guy or old guy? Well, no. Okay, this is my last WFA person. How about okay. that? <laughs> we've already went through the entire roster. 
Tanya Lee. Oh. Tanya Lee, uh, obviously nowadays with women's wrestling being what it is. Um, have we brought up a woman yet? I don't think we have. I don't think so. Because, I mean, there's, there's some from New England, but, I mean, the, the couple from New England that were exceptional kind of went on to do more. Yeah. I think Nikki Rocks was a, she had a role in TNA and mm-hmm. stuff, and so she was kind of uncovered. Yes. But Tanya Lee, I think, was a workhorse. Um, I think she really embodied the attitude of Steve in a female little package and could work her ass off. And a lot of the matches that she had in this area with people like uh, Nikki Rocks, Ariel, a bunch of other people back in the old days of Triple W when Sheldon was running the all-woman shows and stuff like showed a lot she was really really good and like before the days of like when shimmer was getting big she could have gone on to one of those shows and held her own with any of those females there and i think if she stuck around or, or wrestled a little longer because she was a young one too like she could have done a lot in this business and she was probably shorter than alexa bliss or maybe the same height yeah maybe the same height yeah i think and she was weirdly athletic she had never really done much prior to wrestling but liked wrestling and wanted to do it and steve was training her and then she's doing like moonsaults off the top and all these other things like without having any prior athletic background or anything along those lines so i think if she had actually applied herself even a little bit more she could have done so much she was really 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 good and she was a hell of a worker she had a small run here in chaotic when they first started doing some women stuff yeah she's one of the first women that was brought in yeah and then she just kind of like disappeared from the world like nobody really knows anything that's going on with <laughs> tanya lee these days yeah but i think she Especially now, the way women's wrestling is, like, she could have done a lot. She was really, really good. Yeah, when the women's division started in chaotic wrestling, she was one of the, the first people to come on board. And she, uh, it was her and Nikki Rocks doing stuff, doing mixed tags, doing singles matches that kind of kicked off the whole women's division, uh, you know, even prior to the women's championship being introduced to chaotic wrestling. So, Tanya Lee, she was excellent in the ring. And, I mean, uh, promos. Yeah. Right. When she when she was put with Gorman, I think almost anywhere that she went for the most part, except yeah. for WFA. But yeah, I mean, that seems to be like a running theme with a lot of Steve's guys is the uh, promos. Um, but she was different, very different from a lot of the girls in the area at the time. And she she, I, I can't say enough good things about the work that she did. And she really could have done a lot in this business. Yeah, she just kicked people's asses too. She was very, yeah, very much not scared to lay any of her stuff in or take it either. She was totally fine with you know, like, pound me, whatever, and then she'd chop the shit out of whoever she was working with, like, without issue. Like, yeah, she was a lot of fun. All right, Brian Malone, speaking of getting into some current guys, some guys that <laughs> haven't well, the, broken the, the, out there's yet. A, there's a guy, though, I think I think we got to mention before before we okay. move on, that we've done two of these now, we haven't mentioned them, and it feels weird that we haven't. Slick Wagner Brown. Oh, How the SWB. hell have we not mentioned Slick Wagner Brown? Talking. Well, because he's an underground king. <laughs> he is, he is, and he's still, I mean, he's still... Kind of active. I, I don't think working like a yeah. like a really heavy schedule no, or not, anything. No, not too but, schedule, but yeah, he's, he's pretty active still. But he, I mean, he's a guy who, I mean, just naturally, naturally charismatic, naturally physically gifted. You know, looked like a million bucks. You know, I think he had Wagner had it all. So just you know, we don't. Have, I mean, I, I know we're probably starting to run short on time, but I I feel like we had to mention him at some point here. And, and, and he, I don't know how we haven't yet. And he did get uh, shots at ROH. He did get uh, shots at TNA. Uh, I mean, I don't think WWF really happened for him beyond doing some extra stuff. But he he got 
shots here and there, but yeah, nothing where he broke out. Right. So uh, I know you've uh, had a lot so of experience. Slick was with great. Slick. I met him very early on in my career, three or four months in, when I first started kind of seeing the world outside of the AWA, and I was booked against him. And Lobster Man's promotion, the AWA. <laughs> yes, Lobster Man's promotion, AWA, not the. Uh, not Vern Gagne's not, AWA. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, but not that old. Um, so. He you did train me and Hanson, so <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. Yes. Uh, so him being like one of the first guys that I saw outside of the world, and I was like, he kind of helped me. And then we became pals from there on, and got paired up numerous times randomly over the years in a bunch of different places. And you know, him and I had great chemistry, and he was he was good. He was really good. Super athletic. Uh, everything he did it was uh, land on my feet, blah 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 blah, land on my feet. Land on his feet or sit out. Yeah. That's the two things he did. What always stuck out to me was his, his entrance, his the the over the top Flip rope the top like rope, over his head, land on his feet. Land on oh, his yeah. feet. Yep. <laughs> and I remember seeing Wagner. I would go to Kowalski School occasionally, and before he even started wrestling, before I think I think he was like under eighteen, so Walter wouldn't allow him to sign up, and he would just be there and be watching and studying what's going on in the ring waiting for the opportunity to sign up and join killer kowalski school of course eventually went on to become killer kowalski's head trainer after yep. the whole split with uh mike hollow yeah he actually runs a school now down in connecticut uh, is, is it test of strength is that what it's called yes yep that is one. i couldn't think of the name of it so i didn't want to say it but yeah test of strength yeah he just didn't want to acknowledge the competition for me. <laughs> i literally just said <laughs> piece of shit and I, of course we saw him in a nwa new england too I, I was the referee there you were a fan brian malonis we both saw him as We've part mentioned of the two members of the 2k club, club. Yeah. yes so uh yeah wagner's been very good for a, a long time and like you said he's still doing stuff occasionally i think he's still uh sheldon back running again i think he does stuff for necw and of of course, like you said, he's running his own school, so Wagner's got a lot going on. But yeah, he could have uh, could have been a contender. He could have been uh, yes. something big in, in wrestling. But I mean, he's doing it through training. Indeed. Give us somebody new. <laughs> I haven't been around wrestling in a little bit. Give us somebody from today's wrestling that the uh, about people, to break out. Maybe yes, the people out there listening who would be familiar with maybe that uh, from the New England area that is ready. To take it to the next level. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about a guy I just saw probably an hour ago now downstairs training in the ring. It's Christian Casanova. Um, uh, he's somebody who I've seen a lot of growth in. I, I think he needs to – I've actually been happy to see him getting out there more this past year. Uh, I think he needs to, to do it even more. But he's somebody who people should know, and, and I think I think we'll know even more coming up in the next year or so. That's where your son got the Michael yeah, Jackson yeah, costume exactly. from, right? <laughs> yes, but he he originally came into chaotic. He was doing a Michael Jackson gimmick, and he did that for a little while. And uh, once he finally shed that, Brian Fury, uh, things started happening. Yeah, we tried to tell him to start getting rid of it for the longest time, and he was just so comfortable there. He didn't want to leave that leave that comfort area. You know, when you start doing something in wrestling, and you're like, "This is working. I'm I'm doing well with it. I feel comfortable." It's hard to get out of it once you're there. But when he finally did. And started doing the Killanova thing. Everything kind of started falling into place for him, and he's really, really made big leaps and strides over the past year. Some of the stuff he's done, obviously in Chaotic Wrestling, uh, the last main event that he had with JT Dunn was a fantastic match. Uh, I know he had a killer match with Ray Phoenix down at NEW. Had Ray a Mysterio chance, he had, had a chance to work Ray Mysterio and a triple threat down there for them. Like he's he's had a lot of opportunities, and I think. 
Um, as long as he keeps his head on straight and keeps pushing forward, there's not any place that he can't go. So NEW, he's doing uh, Limitless, I know for sure. He's yeah, doing he's doing Limitless there up well. there. Him and Stokely half the way. So yeah, plenty of going on for Christian Casanova, and I'm sure definitely more to come. His story is not written yet. It's not. He's not done. He's still. I think. See, I, I think he's on the verge. I think he's right there. Like I wouldn't put him on my list because he's so close, and I think he's. A, the guy that's I think he's it's it's destined to happen for him is going to break out. If we're talking current, you're going to make me say somebody current. I think yeah. I think somebody that has the ability to. I think he's going to need a little more seasoning and some more time. And he's starting to find himself as Brett Domino. His new ridiculous character is very enjoyable. His um, short sleeve jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, his three-quarter baseball sleeve jacket is supposed to be long sleeve. Um, Who trained him? <laughs> right here, ladies All and gentlemen. Right. Um, I think if he keeps on the same trajectory that he has over the first couple of years of his career, I think over the another you know three years or something like that, it's not anywhere he's not going to be able to wrestle if the independent scene stays the way that it is. I think he's really coming into his own. Uh, you know, We have him in a specific role in Catholic Wrestling where it's kind of goofy and, and, and different, and it's not necessarily... He's not going to get any five-star matches out of it, but I think it's going to help him in the long run right now for what he's doing here at Chaotic Wrestling. But I think stuff he's doing other places, I think he has the ability to do a lot. And the stuff I see out of him here at class, like he's, he's a hard worker, and, and, and there's a lot that he could do. Have you worked with them, Brian Malonis? I, yes, I did. For uh, yes, I did. For <laughs> I beat the shit out of him <laughs> for beyond studio taping. Yeah, it was it was a bad day for Brett Domino. <laughs> <laughs> but do you see something in him? Yeah, I think he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of natural talent. I think he's underratedly going to be a really big kid once he fully fills out. Yeah, he's tall. He's tall and he has broad shoulders. So once he yeah. just becomes like, actually becomes like a grown man. <laughs> is he, how old is he? <laughs> yeah, he's like twenty one yeah, or something. Twenty one, right around yeah. there. Like the problem is, there's only certain things he can eat. He has one of those kids with like a million and one food allergies. So he's like, oh, I can't eat this, oh, can't geez. eat that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Jesus Christ, just eat it. Kids today. <laughs> so is there anybody else that you need to get out there? We're running low on time. Uh, Anyone else we need to talk about before we close out? Hidden Gems Part Two. And it's a she. She was my protege for a while. Davian. I think I've taken such a liking to Davy because she reminds me of me in that I felt like I would always have, and I think she has the same plight. She wrestles somebody who does flashier shit than she does. And people go crazy for that person, and then they said that there's almost like the person who's also doing the, the quality work along with them kind of gets lost in a shuffle because they're not doing the flashy stuff. She's catching the flashy moves or yeah. things of that nature. But I, I think she's a badass. Um, I, I think she does a lot of things very well. I think she's believable, a lot of credibility. The one thing I just keep saying to her is, is she's got to find what makes her a star now. Uh, she just has to find that one thing that takes her from just this really good hand and that makes her makes her a star. And that's all she's missing because everything else is there. Did she start when you were still training here, Malonis? No. No, nope. she she's, a, she's a product Fury. of Brian yeah, Fury. Yeah, 100% one, one of mine. And I think she has a lot of ability, and I think she's a, a long way she can go. Like he said, she needs to find something that's going to really like break her out of her shell and really make it take her to the next level. Very similar to what we were just talking about with Christian. Once he became Kilanova, Anthony Green, once he became retrosexual, like something happened and changed, and they kind of be able to take themselves to that next level. I think Davian needs that. And she needs better gear. I tell her that all the time. 
Spend a little extra money on the gear, Davey. And for crying <laughs> out loud, it's gonna make you so much better. But she, but she has all the physical tools. Like she has, she, she's. I mean, she, she reminds me of Nikki a little bit in the way that she works and just the yep. physical aggressive style that you don't see out of a a lot of women. Or sometimes when you see it, it doesn't look right. It doesn't fit. She just has this like second gear that that men are men are women. Like a lot of people don't have, and she has it. She has an interesting story about her first match ever. I got a text from Kevin Kelly, and he's like, do you have any girls that can work? And I was like, Davey, I'm ready to work. And I was like, yeah, I do. And he goes, all right, tell her to be at the Hammerstein Ballroom. It was like, <laughs> and her first match was at the Hammerstein Ballroom, like upstairs against Mischief, like for Ring of Honor. <laughs> I was like, hey, but I told her, and she was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah and you can hear more with we spoke to Davian when we were at Fenway Park we did yeah. so if you want to go back in the archives and uh, listen to Davian we uh, interviewed her when we were at Fenway Park for the old uh, Fenway Park show <laughs> I guess. Yeah, last year the old Fenway Park <laughs> good show. one Mike good segue yes yeah, so, uh, Brian Fury anybody else I'll before we wrap shot, it up shotgun my, the rest of my list here real quick uh, you mentioned Scott Reed but I have uh, Chase Del Monte I have Nick Westgate I have my old tag team partner, Chris Venom, and last but not least, I wrote down Sonny Goodspeed. Oh, Sonny Goodspeed. I love Sonny. Yeah, he just puts a smile on everybody's face, doesn't he? Yes, he does, very much so. We always wanted to talk to him. He hit it off with my son, Michael, as well. Really? They were fast friends at a show I was on recently. (laughs) And and, and and Michael, he usually takes time to warm up to somebody. Him and Sonny, like I don't, I don't know if it's because Sonny's a big guy and he's like, oh, this guy must be like related to me or something. <laughs> <laughs> like he took right to Sonny and they were they were fast friends and yeah. And Chris Venom is just wrestling again. I saw right. Yeah, he's actually starting to do some shows and stuff again. I'm not sure. They uh, always come back. Not sure how much he's gonna be uh, go, getting out there, but yeah, you know, he's he's started wrestling some and and he, you know, he worked. AG and they had a good match and I think he liked it and so I think he's gonna stick around for a little bit and give it a go. And he had that match with the uh, pride. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my my least favorite match of my career, me and Chris Mine too. against Pride. <laughs> and turns out years later realized that you were the referee that night. Yes. And um I think he listened to this podcast, too. He listened to part one of the Hidden Gems, so hopefully he's listening right now. Yeah. Chris Venom. My tag team partner. Hello, Hot. buddy. Hey there, partner. So, I mean, we could probably do another one of these, Brian Malonis. Probably. Let's give it some time. <laughs> give it give us some time? All right. Give it some time. We'll come back to it at some point, but thank you guys very much for uh, your contributions. New England's Hidden Gems, and of course, if you have one out there that we didn't mention, tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter. Let us know your Hidden Gems. Give us your thoughts on our discussion here. Use the hashtag WPAN, or you can leave us a voicemail, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Let us know in your own voice. We will play your voicemail on this podcast, 401-584-9726. And speaking of podcasts, Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Brian Fury's buddy Mike Mills, plus our buddy Harper and Doc Turner. Sundays, it is the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursdays, it is their flagship show where they're talking about the old NWA, Jim Crockett Promotions World Championship Wrestling Show. That is Sundays. That is Thursdays. MikeMills.Podbean.com for more info. And they talk all the classic wrestling. And the other show, 
that we recommend that talks classic wrestling is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Go to ovppodcast.com for more on that excellent podcast. And speaking of excellent podcasts, greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson, one single episode of wrestling television he reviews each and every week, throws in his own special spin, his own stories, and there's only one Peter Winson, so go check out Greetings from Allentown. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, Sal, all the rest over there at the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. Subscribe and enjoy. All right, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, Brian Malonis, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. You got dates? I got dates, Mike. Uh, this Wednesday night, that's right, I said Wednesday night, uh? I'm heading to the great state of Maine. I love Maine. Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, the state where I wrestled a lot of early matches in my career. Uh, but I ended up to Lewiston, Maine for Ring of Honor's Global Wars Night 1. Myself and the Beer City Bruiser will be taking on, spoiler alert, the brand new Ring of Honor World Tag mm. Team Champions, SCU. Frankie really? Kazarian and Scorpio Sky in a non-title bout. Uh, I did see that they're defending the, the World Tag Team titles against the Super Smash Brothers, who aren't even in Ring of Honor in Toronto. I don't know how me and the Bruiser can't get a tag team title shot, but these guys who are in, aren't even in Ring of Honor can get tag team title shots. So how you so. Smash Brothers are back together? Are they, I didn't realize they... Well, I, I don't know. I guess I haven't seen them in forever. I love those guys. Yeah, they wrestled the Young Bucks last year, but this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> how can you continue to get non-title bouts? You keep losing them all. Why don't you eat shit? <laughs> <laughs> Will Tony Atlas be in your corner in Lewiston, Maine? <laughs> Only if I step on his face. Oh. <laughs> Okay, go on. <laughs> and then Thursday <laughs> And then Thursday night, I'll be heading to Lowell, Massachusetts, the Lowell Memorial Auditorium, where Shawn Michaels once lost his smile. It's Ring of Honors, Global Wars, night two. I don't know what me and the Bruiser are doing yet. I'm sure it'll be something cool because You know. It's, it's I don't know. I really don't. Oh, okay. No, I really don't know. You no. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> come on. You think I know? I don't know anything. <laughs> and then, Mike, you know what's happening the week after that, buddy. Uh, it's a small world after all. Small world was closed in Disneyland while they were, we were there for refurbishment. Cause lucky. Because they're, they're putting the uh, Christmas stuff up. But yes, lucky. I'm not a small world fan. And then, uh, and then Mike, uh, after I get back from my lovely, well-deserved vacation... I'll be heading to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on uh, Saturday, November the 24th for a doubleheader. It's Chikara at 3 p.m. and Beyond Wrestling at 7 p.m. Me and Cam Zagami will be taking part in both parts of that. And at Beyond Wrestling, if we win our first round matchup, we'll also be heading to Worcester, Massachusetts on November the 25th, a Sunday for Beyond Wrestling. Spoiler alert, so. they will. <laughs> no, god, tra no trans god god willing <laughs> yes god willing so and that rounds out my november all right you mentioned december last time though you mentioned the first oh, one in december for christ's sake Hold i got a date oh excuse me i Forget can't it, I, then. I can't i can't mention the december date because it competes with our, our good friends promotion. <laughs> oh excuse me friday november 16th haverhill massachusetts chaotic wrestling presents breaking point jt dunn versus christian casanova tlc we also have A.R. Fox versus Josh Briggs. A mixed tag team match. Anthony Green and Ava Everett versus Mike Verna and Angel Sinclair. Both these women's debuts? 
in wrestling for chaotic, yes, but they are right, the, right, right. They are the, the platinum honeys. They are yes. not getting along so well. Also appearing will be MJF. Uh-huh. You know, Brian Fury, I'd I'd like to wrestle AR Fox and MJF somewhere along the line. So just throwing that out there. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> and you can uh, see our interview with MJF or listen to it anyway you sure on our can YouTube see channel. It. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> on our YouTube channel, it's called the uh, MJF Shoots. Hmm? Maybe he was shooting with us. Maybe he was uh, giving us the uh, he's giving something. Us, he's giving us the what for? He's giving us the business. <laughs> you can find out for yourself on our YouTube channel. Just put give uh, us the how's your father. <laughs> just put wrestling podcast about nothing in the search bar on uh, YouTube, or you can go to tinyurl.com/slash WPAN YouTube to see what we're putting up there and you're talking a, about. You're a tiny URL. Thank you so much. So for tickets for Chaotic Wrestling's Breaking Point, chaoticwrestling.com. That is correct, sir. And to book the kingpin, email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on the Twitter at brianmalonis. What if we want to book Brian Fury? Not till 2019, Brian. Not till 2019. It is promo about nothing time, gentlemen. The year... 2006. Ooh. Yeah, we're, getting, uh, we're getting a little modern here. And last, it's last year Michael watched wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and it is for Chaotic Wrestling. Oh. oh, my God. I can only imagine where oh. this is going. That's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. No, it's not either of you guys. <laughs> I'm not I was gonna a little, getting a little worried. I was, I was <laughs> sweating sure. bullets. <laughs> I was like, oh, brother. Here comes some stuttering and stammering from but me. <laughs> here's a gentleman who uh, was a New England hidden gem. I don't know what happened to this guy. A fine Jamaican gentleman who came <laughs> into this school a number of years ago and started his career. Who knows where he is today? But he, oh, wait, it's Kofi Nahaje Kingston. I sent them packing right out of here. <laughs> this week's promo about nothing. Yes, boy. Kofi Nahaje Kingston has just climbed another rung on his mission. And March 31st will be the lethal lottery. It will be just another step where Kofi Nahaje Kingston will continue to rebuild chaotic wrestling and the chaotic wrestling roster. He will win the lethal lottery. And then he will get the heavyweight championship shot. He will take the heavyweight championship back to Jamaica, to Father, to show him that I have completed the mission. March 31st, Lita Lottery, Kofi Nahaje Kingston. Yes, boy. Covered all the bases there. <laughs> that's, that's promo 101 right there. <laughs> yes, boy. Yes, boy. So, Kofi Nahaje Kingston. A Jamaican gentleman who, uh, much like Ludwig Borga, <laughs> you guys knew that uh, Jamaicans hate Americans, right? And sure. they think America is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Todd Sinclair, the man who came up with uh, the anti-American Jamaican, <laughs> Kofi Kingston. Yeah, that, that's, that's Don't know why that didn't stick. <laughs> I remember uh, our Coach Hall used to be... Uh, uh, always baffled about Kofi being a being a heel when he was here because all he associated with Jamaica was happy people smoking marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah, uh, it it bore out that uh, Kofi Kingston probably best as a baby face. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean he had some good heel stuff, but uh, his style lends itself to being a baby face. He's a happy, smiling guy. He is. <laughs> 
and he made his debut in ECW, WWE ECW, as that smiling Jamaican, but uh, that didn't last long. And then Triple H called him out for losing his accent suddenly. <laughs> good stuff. But that, that promo, not so good. And the background was dog shit. <laughs> how, did, how, did, how did that pass the sniff test for you? I don't know. I you might must have not even, had influence at that point. I might have even recorded that. But there was a time, <laughs> yeah, where we did promos in front of a dartboard. You can find this. The link is in the description of the episode or at the WPAN.com. See the, yeah, the dog shit, terrible background where we were backstage. Uh, basically, the locker room was the game room of this of this facility. Of the best slash saddest place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> we always joke that the PAV, there should be in the, in the bar area, there should be like glory days just on loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kofi Nahaja Kingston... You worked with them actually in NECW, did NCW, you not? NECW, yes. Yep. He was there very briefly. And you, knew, you knew the moment you tied up with him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. That match actually was not good. And it was like one of those things where I, I met him. I was like, oh, oh, you're from Chaotic? Okay, cool. So I called very little thinking he'd been around for a while, not realizing he was just new. And it was like not that good because That's probably it, inside of 10 matches for him at that yeah, point. probably yeah and then i wrestled him again at the tryout i we were the second match of the day that day the tryout that we talked about earlier that yes, is pictured on here the wall, on the wall, on the wall. Yeah. he got called up three times i was the first one and then just sat there the rest of the day <laughs> <laughs> but you're the one that made him look good first hey, at least you have to take your shirt off <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and kofi was in the area for probably what nine months total something like that yeah not including not, his training or not very long <laughs> yeah and there was a tryout we've talked about it here before it was a tryout yeah, kofi was the exact guys. i mean uh, right right guy right place right time right opportunity like just all those things came together perfectly, and and not and, and that's not me underselling him at all. Like he he was the right guy for that opportunity, and just when all things come together like that, it's 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 a really beautiful thing, I think. And I mean, now he's I mean, Kofi's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a WWE Hall of Famer someday, and just a great fella too. Yeah, he is a great fella. But uh, you know that's he's a, he's a fat smeller, <laughs> <laughs> and but that doesn't excuse his promo. <laughs> doesn't excuse uh, you guys from allowing it to get out there that's true yeah the background just uh yeah that's automatic disqualification as a referee <laughs> should automatically disqualify it from airing but it did and it's out there so uh, take a look if you want you've heard it if you want the full picture as i mentioned find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the wpan.com that is the wpan.com brian fury chaoticwrestling.com anyprowrestling.com is that still a thing yep is it updated it's, it's functional it's there it's still congratulating Sasha Banks on winning the women's title in uh, yep. 2015 she won it she did win it she's no longer the champion though Brian she still won it okay I congratulate her for it <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to be a pro wrestler this place is hot it's cooking so Very come on so. and uh, join the fun. Very much. Well, it's not actually hot. The gas still hasn't been turned back on here in North Andover. Uh, that's, oh. why, that's why it's a little chilly. But the action is hot. Yeah, you were the the whole thing. All the explosions and different things were like literally all right around here. There's some you know some houses on like the street away from us that have had damage. Uh, it was it was rough rough scene for a while. But yeah, now we just have to deal with the cold until like everything turned back on and fixed. 
Well, yeah, let's let's warm up. So uh, let's get out of here, Brian Malone. What do you yeah, say? Yeah, so freezing. We'll be <laughs> back right here next Monday for episode 134 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, for Brian Fury, he is the kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing.